1: going where no one has gone before. Welcome to the Captain's Chair, a podcast on all shows in the Star Trek universe. On the Fangirl Zone, I am Redshirt Dave, and joining me on this mission into the unknown is...
0: Sean fangirl asked, I have no idea how many pips I have this week.
2: <laughs> and I'm Chief Engineer Steve, and today we'll be discussing Episode 4 of Season 2 of Star Trek Lower Decks.
1: Hey! So, what do you guys think?
0: Oh my god. I was dying.
1: I did a few I, things. I, I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. There was a few that were like, holy crap. I can't believe that they're doing that on this show. And I think this is, I mean, my husband and I watch this and he likes it, but, watching this he's like did they just do did they do that in star trek normally yeah somehow he he was getting more into it he's like what this is crazy."
2: hey this is gross i like
0: it yeah pretty much
2: yeah i really enjoyed this episode it was a lot of fun and believe it or not i felt like there was we're starting to see character growth in the characters because they're last two episodes, we had Tindy and Mariner. and this episode, we had Rutherford and Boimler working together. So it was nice to see different pair-ups and how they work together. So, yeah, I think everybody's starting to get more comfortable with each other and actually learning some of the deep secrets that they've been hiding from each other since the beginning. And they're all yeah. proving to be very capable officers.
1: Yeah, I think they've accented that, too. Everyone started out as comic relief. Everybody was comic All relief right. in their own way. Now we're finding out there there's more depth to them. It comes with confidence, I think, from the writing room. Yep. Or they uh, finally
0: just unleash the writers.
1: <laughs> yeah, go there. <laughs> Where? Yeah, I thought it was good. It wasn't great. I gave it three out of five. Self pleasuring mugados. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> but man, when when it started out, and she was well, Steve will will get into that, or one of us will get into that, but. I don't think I've seen Boimler throw up before. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they doing? Yeah, well, I liked it.
0: It was like, what? Oh, my God. Mm. I liked it, though. It was funny. So let's talk about episode four. We've got to The USS Cerrito is just to back to a planet to investigate an unexplained sighting of a dangerous Mugato. So <laughs> I have we, to say, I loved how they kept changing the yes. pronunciation for the whole thing. That was like, that was great.
2: Yep. So yeah, we, tomato, tomato. Yep. On the way to the gym on the Cerritos, Boimler and Rutherford are preparing for a, quick round of anbo jiu-jitsu before they have to give the area to shacks and mariner asks if she can join them boimler accepts and gets excited as both he and rutherford have been secretly practicing to get better at anbo in hopes of beating mariner they take their position and as they start boimler and rutherford quickly take mariner by surprise getting a point and they sure look proud of themselves for getting yeah. that a point oh my gosh yes a point <laughs> yes and (laughs) they're proud of the progress they made before they realized Mariner was hurt by the hit. I was surprised to see that. Yeah, knocked a tooth Tooth missing, blood, I'm like, what the heck? They ask if she's all right before she just smiles and says that she feels great and she can finally get a real workout. Oh, look (laughs) out, guys. Because Mariner goes on the offensive and begins to take out both Boimler and Rutherford with ease. Yeah, Shaq he's enters and the crap out of him. yeah, Rutherford cries for help. He tells her not to <laughs> mind them as he knows he's ten minutes early. Yeah. So yeah, she uh, just put a whooping on their butts.
0: I was waiting for him to just be like, "Oh, doing great, baby bear." You know, just something random. Yeah. like not really yeah. paying attention.
1: Yeah, well, I, I was struck by a oh, the blood. I'm, have we seen blood before? <laughs> like, like spurting blood from each other, teeth missing,
2: people right. throwing yeah. up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> wow. this was. I had a lot of fluids happening.
2: Yeah. A lot of fluids. Broken bones?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. God. So, I was going to act one of our shows. Shaxx is briefing Carol Freeman and Commander Jack Ransom about a recent Mugato attack on a couple of denobulants. And Freeman is a bit annoyed that the Cerritos is involved in another... Animal control operation.
0: I, mean, I, I have like, to say, I loved how those those like puffed up, like puffer fish, as they ran away. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, i don't remember ever seeing that. So that no, me
2: up. <laughs> we never saw it, it the looked, doctor on Enterprise do that. <laughs> they look like Lisa Simpson. Yeah, <laughs> with the, the pointy hair, like what? what?
1: Yeah, it made me think of aliens, too. It was Bill Paxton goes, another bug hunt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Jax <laughs> knows that the bioelectrical signatures have made it difficult to pinpoint life signs. But the people on the ground will be able to find the Mugato. In the lounge, Boimler and Rutherford are in the middle of a match of diplomath. And get scared when Mariner runs over and invites them to the phaser range for some target practice. But they decline as they continue their game. They go over to the bar to get a couple more drinks. And the bartender, Honus, informs them of a rumor that Mariner isn't who she seems to be. And is, in fact, a secret black ops agent who's been trained as a killing machine. And you know what I thought? Like, who is Honus? He's not Starfleet, apparently. No! Yeah, it's like... So they contracted somebody to run a bar on a starship? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because... We even hear his boss yelling at him to get back to work. Yeah. He's like, huh, <laughs> what's going the un- on here? The unseen boss.
1: <laughs> Who's he, uh, Babe Ruth? They just call him oh, Babe. He's a whole Babe Ruth. <laughs> Now, what was the character on uh, The Next Generation to run 10, ten Yeah. No, she wasn't Starfleet either, right? No. Or, or was she? That just that, that strikes no, me so strange. Wasn't. Why don't they just get no, a robot? but on? if
0: they're, like, living on the ship, I guess they can get a job. Yeah, Probably how many other sounded people? like the Pepperidge Farm guy.
1: <laughs> what, do they have maintenance that's not Starfleet too. Well, I'm going off into space on a five-year mission. Oh, yeah, what are you going to do? Push a broom. <laughs> run, run the bar. So Boynler and Rutherford laugh the rumor off and say, they spend most of their time with Mariner and they would know she was a secret agent. Honus says that he's aware of a lot of inside information surrounding her and tells her that when her back is against the wall, her training will kick in. They should have given that dark look around him like they gave to uh, uh, her later. Boimler is dismissive of the rumor, and Honus is about to tell him a story about regarding Mariners' service aboard the USS Atlantis, when his supervisor yells at him to get back to work. Boimler once more dismisses the rumor, though Rutherford seems a bit preoccupied with the rumor as he watches Mariner play the knife game from a distance. That was weird, too. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> we've ever seen her. Do, her. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've ever seen her do anything like that before. Nope, have we? Nope. nope. In sickbay, one of Ensign Devon Attendee's patients is entering into an unstable condition, but before Tendy can help her, a couple other doctors push her aside and do what they can to save the patient's life, dismissing Tendy when she tries to intervene as she is Tendy's patient or tax or whatever they are. What are they? Yeah, <laughs> I they're,
2: they're yeah. ensigns like her. They're they right, wear the same right. uniform, so right.
1: Yeah, Doctor Ta'ana Calls Tendi into her and gives her a list of uh, the crew who have avoided their annual physical examinations. Tendy is confused why anyone would want to find the non-invasive physicals to be bothersome, and Taana tells her she needs to hunt down each patient and give them a complete scan. Normally, that would be a joke about vaxxing and anti-vaxxing. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how long ago they actually wrote this episode. It was probably still around back then, too. Excited for her new objective, Tendy promises not to let Taana down in the repair bag. Boimler is asking about how the Mugados have alternate pronunciations of their names, and Rutherford is seemingly preoccupied by what Honus said about Mariner. He looked into Mariner's service aboard the Atlantis and discovered that while she was there, half the crew mysteriously vanished. <laughs> Boimler tries to blame it on reassignment, but Rutherford notes a lack of personal logs, which confuses even Boimler. Asking if he thinks Mariner has anything to do with it, Mariner enters the room to their surprise and Borman throws the cutter at her in surprise, only to her to make an incredible catch. I think we've all done that once. Once. And yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she laughs the incident off and tells him not to get in her way on the surface of the planet. In the transporter room, Shax informs the way team that the Magado are sensitive to phaser fire <laughs> and beams them down yeah not just sensitive but a, a specific location yes <laughs> <laughs> who isn't Shax, uh, come on Shax quickly picks up the trail of the mugado by finding trails of their dung and leads them to what appears to be a ferengi outpost that is illegally attempting to harvest and sell the mugados for profit that was sick too yes sick. god wait
0: wait wait are you really going to just Skip over over a the dong.
1: dog. <laughs> I was saving it for later. <laughs> it was something else. Well, Ranner's like, well, you don't have to scoop it up again. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of sweet. No, <laughs> oh, it's tangy. It's like,
0: oh. <laughs> And then, yeah, when you just see... Mariner like, Whoa. <laughs> oh, God. I was waiting for the whole crew to like lose it, but why did half of them just stand there like, yeah, this is normal?
1: Yeah, <laughs> why <laughs> not? He's back from the dead, isn't he? Yeah, oh well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> a Ferengi named King, aptly named, is about if he holds a web is about to make a deal with an anal named Hyde. While Boomer tries unsuccessfully to contact the Cerritos. As a dampening field has cut off communication. That was a little confusing. I mean, there's a storm coming that's going to cut off communications, but they have a dampening field that has cut off communications. Yeah, also they showed us the tower. Yeah. Before they think of anything else, Shax and Mariner attack the Ferengi, and Shax tells them they're in violation of Federation conservation law. I think we've seen hints of that in uh, some of their other shows. I mean, they barely touch it, but they do. Right. Even in uh, the century, is they are now the thirty first century. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Kink tries to deny it all while Hyde reports a false account of what happened. I wonder why they need him. I immediately thought of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Is there supposed to be a joke in there or something? Right. I don't know. Never showed. <laughs> no, nothing. Shaxx doesn't buy it and tells him to be prepared to be searched. Kink yes. tries to settle the situation before he surprisingly attacks Shax with an energy whip. <laughs> And he's got his little weird hat on, too. Used to be a Mugato, but hits a control panel, freeing several Mugados from their captivity. As the chaos unfolds around them, turning the magic from green to red, Boyler <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and Rutherford look over to see Mariner pulling a knife on Shax, stabbing him, and seemingly biting into his chest and eating him. I say, my my first reaction to that was the same as theirs.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were like, what the heck just happened?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> Mortified by us, the two flee into the woods, convinced that Mariner is indeed black ops. And their training is broken Her Mariner chases him with a nitron. But there's Mugato's out there. Yeah, but she's in here. Yeah. yeah I'd, <laughs> I'd think, rather be out would there. would you there,
0: we have the Cerritos detecting Hyde's ship leaving the planet, and Freeman hails the ship, wondering if they had potentially made contact with their away team. Hyde dismissively tells him, apparently he's been getting a lot of phone calls too about his warranty, that he's not interested in helping him, and don't hail me again. Freeman orders a tractor beam to be put on his ship, but as soon as it's activated, the hull stability begins to fail. Freeman <sighs> immediately orders emergency transport beaming Hyde to the bridge, just in time for him to see his ship explode, much to his dismay. Freeman scolds the tactical officer and the officer responds the tractor beam was at its lowest setting. Like barely (laughs) tractor. And Hyde is weeping uncontrollably because his whole life was on the ship and Freeman is becoming very uncomfortable with this situation. But back on the planet, Boimler and Rutherford continue through the woods hoping to get out of range of the dampening field but run into a wild megato. And they're hiding among the roots of the nearby tree and meet a teller right named i'm gonna screw that up Patengi Patengi
1: yeah Petingi,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry a renowned biologist who claims to have written five books on the <laughs> so he offers to take them to safety much to boilers and rutherford's relief so this is fun as they're walking and those two are crawling it's like yeah how are you up with them is what i wanted to know crawling along behind him you would be definitely falling behind yeah (laughs) back on the House, tendy is going through the list of patients and approaches lieutenant Steve stevens for his physical he declines saying that he's busy as he heads towards the bar well you know he's got a place to be apparently Boimler and Rutherford continue to follow Patingi as he imitates Bogato sound. That
1: was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> I
0: don't know about you, but I'm like, this is probably not a good idea. Yeah. But Boimler excitedly asks if he and Rutherford will be in his next book, making Patingi <laughs> clarify that he doesn't actually write books, But he's read five books of (laughs) Magado. And, you know, I figured that's enough for me to walk amongst them. Just as he says this, we knew something horrible was going to happen because a Magado appears and bites off Batingi's head. Jesus. Holy cow. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And more blood splurting everywhere.
0: (laughs) Boimler and Rutherford tumble off a nearby cliff as they run in fear because they want to keep their heads attached. Back of the ship, we have Stevens flirting with another officer, very badly, might I add. Yes. And talking about how he often spots for ransom during his workout, as Tendy takes his glass and uses it to scan Stevens on her medical tricorder. Well, Tendy tells him, Oh, your bones are really weak. You should drink more milk. And Steven denies this, saying, i am super strong and one step he cracks something which we believe is his hip and Uh, starts screaming for emergency transport to sick bay and then he tries to move again and you hear another crack i don't know what what else was supposed to break another the other hip perhaps but i was just like holy crap this is stupidly funny Like he's just (laughs) falling apart he's like i'm fine crack 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 Back on Rilo's 4, Boimel and Rutherford ponder if they have to turn Mariner in when they return to the Cerritos. When they stumble upon Vigato, they quickly crawl into a hollow log to try to save themselves. This is when things start getting awkward. Yeah. Because they think that the Mgatos have found them because they are having the log inspected, basically. But it turns out it wasn't quite that. No. The log's being pushed into a nearby pond and kind of rolled around boimler and rutherford are scared they're gonna drown but before they can escape another magato appears and boimler is like oh my god if it tries to assert dominance we are so screwed yeah (laughs) it'll only become more violent and i'm thinking oh no our guys are gonna get crushed but then things like i said started to take a turn (laughs) Despite the other Magatos being disturbed, the intruder Magato sits down and potions for them to continue what they were doing. <laughs> oh, God. While he begins to stroke his own horn. Wow. Weimler concludes that, oh, my God, he just likes to watch.
1: <laughs> I don't know if it's a Boomer reference or not. There was a movie called Being There with Peter Sellers he's just a gardener. He was like, I think it was Chance the gardener. And people just believe stuff that wasn't there. And, and I think it was Shirley McLean, And she wanted to have sex with him in the worst way. And he goes, huh? he's in front of the TV. He's kind him on the TV. She wants to have sex. And he goes, well, I like to watch. So she thinks, oh, he, he, like, he wants to watch me, you know, go to town. Right. So that's what happens in the movie. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I wonder if they borrowed from that. I never expected to see... I never expected to see Mugato in the show, and let alone, <laughs> yeah, a self pleasuring Mugato. Wow,
0: that's a whole whole other. God, it's like really hard to. Did to realize this? we were watching Star
1: Trek. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Back on the ship, though, Tendy continues to scan her crewmate, picking up results from officers like Jet Manhaver and Lars Lundy before she realizes there's only one patient left, simply labeled patient 08.019, much to her confusion. But back on... Rylos 4, the Magathos have finally fallen asleep in exhaustion from their (coughs) mating ritual, (laughs) and Boimler and Rutherford are able to slip away. But not before they notice, it wasn't just the two, it was all three. Right. And and
2: you kind of go, hmm. Oh, even the (laughs)
0: watcher. (laughs) As they walk on, Rutherford wonders if Freeman knew that Mariner was undercover and they realize that Mariner might not even be Freeman's daughter when Rutherford, his implant detects a Magato trap. So they walk around it, and that's when Mariner finds them, scaring both of them. And they start to run because Mariner, well, is this horrible, deadly person, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it that Mariner is super confused with what is happening. And as she steps towards them, she steps into the Magato trap. She calls for help. And the guys stop because they're trying to talk. But the Frankie are coming. Boimler then tells her why they were freaked out. I mean, we've seen you eating shacks. <laughs> <laughs> and she clarifies that he was stung by a Mugato and I had to suck the venom out of his body. But yeah, you look kind of crazy is all I'm saying.
1: How do you get stung by a Mugato? Right. Is this, is this something they haven't shown us? In, thank God. Yeah,
0: I think so. <laughs> And Rutherford tell her that they know her secret. And Mariner realizes that they've heard the rumor that she's Black Ops agent. So she finally comes clean and tells them that she deliberately started that rumor because she likes to have a mystique surrounding her.
2: And that Boimler's sounds like, like her. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But
0: Boimler's still questioning. So he's like, yeah, well, what about the Atlantis? And she's like, what? Well, uh, half the crew vanished. It's like, ugh, okay, fine. The crew vanished because they all got Kerplikian and lice. and not in the official records because that's too embarrassing to Starfleet. <laughs> I can totally see that. Too. Oh, yeah. I'm just like,
1: okay. Mariner is super I thought, I super thought that distraught. was ridiculous. I th- they document everything. Yes. Too embarrassing.
0: <laughs> I mean, we got, what, Riker and Love Sickness or whatever.
1: I'm oh, kidding. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, them not putting about the on there kind
1: of surprised but
0: mariner is pretty upset and then realizes wait you look at my records and you really thought i was an undercover killer
1: i was <laughs> just thinking maybe they had to cover up because the uh the lice have a similarly active sex life like the Mugato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you know
0: uh, mariner says that the rumor was meant to keep people she didn't like away from her and never thought that her friends would believe such a rumor and boimler and rutherford say well Part of the reason that we we actually believed it is, yeah, it's kind of impossible that somebody as badass as you would be friends with us. And you kind of have all of them like, oh, this is sweet for (laughs) like a second. Yep. After they threw their tricorder at her head, just to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) As they reconcile, the Fringy are closing in on their position, and Mariner tells them to hide because you have to be the badasses now. Everybody else is caught, and you are the last two. You have to save everyone. So Boimler and Rutherford hide as Kink and his associates take Mariner into their custody.
2: (laughs) And you kind of go, oh, this should be Great to see how Rutherford and Boimler solved this problem.
0: Right?
1: So See how but, they conveniently left out no one having a phaser. Well, Did they have phasers or were they not allowed to have phasers? Because no, they would have come in pretty handy. Right, they yeah. They have the
2: phasers because of the magato. Yeah. Right,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have to use it. You can still carry one.
2: Yeah, you would think. Oh, well. But instead of finding out we go back up to the ship where Tiana checks on Tindy's progress with the physicals and Tindy reports that she has only one person left which impresses the doctor. Tindy notes how the last person doesn't even have a name rather than just a serial number and wonders if someone erased the information. <laughs> we found
1: out who. Yeah, the Tiana pod
2: dog
0: has admitted
2: it. <laughs> yep, Tiana's brushes it off as a glitch in the system and tells Tendy to return to her station. Well, Tendy is about to when she notices the exact same serial number on the nearby display showing that the serial number belongs to Tiana. Uh, t- t- uh, yeah, Tiana congratulates her for figuring it out, though Tendy is confused as to why she wouldn't let her exam out of the way. So Tiana feels no need to see another doctor and that she only picked Tendy for this job because she figured she'd just give up. Though Tendy refuses <laughs> to do so.
0: I was kind of mad that she said that to Tendy. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, you at this give up? point, like, damn. That, yeah, well, you have to remember that earlier in the episode, those two other ensigns just pushed Tindy out of the way to treat the patient that was hers. Yeah. So Tiana then throws her lab coat at Tindy and quickly runs away <laughs> in a feral frenzy out of sick bay and out into the halls. Oh, God. You might want to reconsider who the head doctor is on yes. the ship.
0: I love how you kept hearing, Meow. Yeah, I know. It was awesome.
2: <laughs> Tendy chases her through the corridors, finding her underneath the shuttlecraft, and almost gets her face scratched off. <laughs> and then chases her into the Jeffrey tube. We go to the ready room where Freeman is negotiating compensation for hide ship, offering to give him a shuttlecraft. Ransom asks if that's the best idea since Starfleet would likely not agree with such a move, but Freeman is convinced that they are helping a traveler in need and that they'll tell Starfleet that they lost the shuttle to a black hole.
1: Jesus. It's always a black no hole. Wonder, no wonder they get sent on these missions. Yes.
0: Right. <laughs> but he's like totally plausible. It happens all the time.
2: <laughs> right. Now Hyde agrees to take the shuttle craft, but also mentions that he lost many antiques on his ship that could never be replaced. Of course Freeman asks what and Hyde lists things that are sitting on Freeman's shelf. And right then, you gotta know, he's laying out his you-know-what. No
1: Black, ch- Black hole? Yeah, how
2: did, <laughs> exactly. Freeman notes that the items on her shelf hold special meaning to her, but low on options, she reluctantly gives in. Who are you, lady? Yeah. Back on Frylon 4, Boimler and Rutherford manage to sneak into Kink's facility and spot Mariner and Shax in a cave. They both wish that Mariner's <laughs> rumor was actually real, or that they had special powers themselves. But then they both get an idea on how to free everyone. We're using our brains, not our brawn. (laughs) Because you ain't got no brawn. Uh, (laughs) Oh, here, kid? No, yeah, <laughs> Rutherford. Good. Like, oh, Rutherford. <laughs> Back up to the ship. Tindy comes to an opening and spots Tiana below her and drops down to get her. But Tiana sees her and runs off, causing Tindy to land hard on the floor, breaking her arm in the process. Oh, I cringed,
0: even though it was animated. Yes,
2: I know. Me too. <laughs> Tiana at first believes she's. Making the injury until she sees a piece of bone sticking out from her skin. You know what,
1: Steve? It, it makes me wonder how is Discovery who they dropped the first F bomb right in <laughs> Star Trek. How are they gonna top all this? I don't know. <laughs>
0: I don't yeah. think
2: they can. I don't think so either. <laughs> no. Let's hope not. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that well, that went so many different directions. <laughs> Tiana immediately apologizes and moves to help. And as she comes to Tendi's assistance, Tendy manages to scan her before falling unconscious. Tiana is impressed with her and notes how the Gan was quick and wasn't sure why she made such a big fuss out of it. It's like cats not wanting to go to the vet kind of thing. (laughs) Exactly. Back on the planet, Mariner is berating the Ferengi saying that people can just replicate whatever they're selling and that they're not very smart, saying Ferengi-like Quark were much better at what they do. (laughs) At that moment, Boimler and Rutherford enter the room with Rutherford holding what looks like a makeshift weapon. (laughs) Rocket launcher.
0: Yep. That's what it looked like. I was like, oh my God, what are they going to do? Blow
2: yeah, the Of course, the Ferengi are intimidated by this, but the weapon is actually a holographic projection that Boimler and Rutherford have put together in the form of a cost-benefit analysis for greater long-term pro- projects. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> and they tell Kink that poaching Mugatos is not profitable and that they can earn up to $156. Percent more with living specimens.
1: You know, I would probably buy the sweatshirt that has a picture of a Mugato on it. That's self pleasing, but the, yeah. on the back it says, "I like to watch." <laughs> <laughs> oh my
2: god! <laughs> what kink has to do is make a nature preserve for the megados and make revenue from ticket sales, merchandise concessions, among other things. Well, kink's not real thrilled that this endeavor will require an initial investment and more effort, but admits that he cannot argue with the profit margin. I always. Uh, Always money
0: with the the Frankie. Frankie.
2: Yep, absolutely. He also notes that he does not like releasing captives, and Rutherford simply replies that they would normally be apprehending them for assault on Starfleet officers, leading them to continue to a compromise. Yeah. <laughs> later in sickbay, Tiana is treating Shax's Mugato wound and says that their venom can have lasting effects and that she will be checking on him later. <laughs> <laughs> Did she scratch a box for that a week ago? Yeah. <laughs> Before entering a bit of flirtatious talk with him, uh, I think that was a little more than flirtatious. Hell's <laughs> sake. Yeah. She oh was
1: healing him all night long. Yeah. Back of the box, kid. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tendy gets up from her bio bed, her arm fully healed, and a patient nearby starts to become unstable. Two ensigns who interrupted her earlier try to attend to a patient, but Tendy tells them to get the hello out of the way. Give her some space. Tiana commends her for her confidence and tells her that Tindy has made a really good impression before grumpily telling her that the patient isn't hers and to get out of the way. (laughs) We check on Freeman who's in the middle of a talk with her Admiral husband and tells him about their recent encounter with Kink and their upcoming preserve when the Admiral asks if she's had any accidents. Noting that there have been reports of scam being run in the sector in the form of a junk ship that deliberately self-instructs and tries to blame it on Starfleet. (laughs) Oh, and Freeman just about lost a gasket.
1: Uh, You know what, Steve? Another amazing coincidence crossover, like Admiral Freeman. Yeah. He's voiced by Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar, as we just referenced in another podcast, was the voice of Samurai Jack. Yeah.
2: Nice. <laughs> oh man, it's
1: a small world.
2: Yep. Of course, Freeman, knowing who this is referring to, says she'll look out for it. And she immediately tracks Hyde down and tractor locks of shuttlecraft, which is packed with all her belongings. She hails Hyde and threatens him with incarnation, but offers a way that he can pay for his crimes by doing some good. Of course, Hyde wants to know what. She's talking about, and we see that Kink has begun construction of Kink's Mugato Land, and he assigns <coughs> Hyde cleanup duty, <laughs> telling him to move enormous piles of Mugato dung out of the way so they can construct a gift shop. Hyde's not thrilled, but starts to shovel, as Kink promises that moving forward they will work for the Mugatos, hoping that his preserve will be a horned heaven, I'll God. say. <laughs> In the Cerritos Lounge, Boymler and Rutherford are teaching Mariners. How to play diplomat, and they apologize for so easily falling for the rumor. And Mariner, of course, apologizes for making the rumor up and making them believe they were not her equals and admits that they were a badass with how they handled the Ferengi. And she gets a little overwhelmed with the rules of the game and briefly leaves to get them more drinks. And as she leaves, Boimler and Rutherford ask themselves how she is beating them so hard at this game and (laughs) move to alter the board without her knowing. (laughs) She was whipping their butts. Mariner approaches Honus and points over to Boemler and Rutherford and calls them the Mugato twins, saying I'm that. Not they, sure I would want that. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure I would want that.
0: No, <laughs> not after what they've seen. Yeah,
2: <laughs> saying that they fought up a dozen Mugatos barehanded, ground up their horns and snorted them, and qu- acquiring <laughs> strange powers in the process. <laughs> I uh, that Honus will believe anything, huh? Oh, yeah. As you see his eyes go all <laughs> slitty yeah. and looking side to side. <laughs> and he promises that the secret is safe with him before his supervisor once more yells at him for procrastinating <laughs> on the job.
0: <laughs> yeah, wasn't he yelling uh, for his limes or something? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I can't can't believe, like, everything that happened in this one because it was know,
1: so over the top. I'd like to see another show reference them. Oh, oh God, you know, all the crazy. stuff that happens. Remember back in time when all that stuff happened aboard the Cerritos? Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe on Discovery, they'll look in the file I'm like, why is all this bleeped out and yeah. darkened? It's <laughs> too, too embarrassing for Starfleet. Yeah. So, who's ready for a little Easter eggs? I already did my little boomer talk yeah, earlier.
2: Yeah, you already. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would like to watch Steve. <laughs> <laughs> the title Anyway, the title of this episode is referenced to the confusing name of the Mugato in the original series, A Private Little War. The creature was named Gumato in the script by in the script by DeForce Kelly could not pronounce Gumato. Why not? So yeah. it was changed to Mugato, which Kelly and William Shatter proceeded to pronounce Mugatu. Yeah. <laughs> However, Danos Pro- Prohaska was credited with the episode as Gumato. Wow. <laughs> This episode marks the first appearance of a Kazinti in the Star Trek TAS, the slaver weapon. While the appearance establishes at least one Kazinti has joined Starfleet, they may not be members of the Federation given Riker's dialogue in PIC Nepenthe. This episode marks the first on screen canonical appearance of a Denobulin species since Star Trek Enterprise, including the defensive face puff. <laughs> also known as the Lisa Simpson maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> the Mugato is a native of the planet Neural, as seen in the original series, of Private Little War. Mariner calls Kink and his associates some creepy throwback Last Outpost style Ferengi, referring to the first appearance of the Ferengi in the next generation, The Last Outpost. Yeah, those guys are real throwback. Yep. The holographic projector that Rutherford and Boyman make resembles the makeshift cannon Captain Kirk built when he fought the Gorn in the original series Arena. Yeah, good reference.
0: They're, they're yep. just going to go back and mess with us and be like, okay, who knows this? Who knows yep. this?
2: <laughs> but it wasn't quite as bad as the last two episodes <laughs> where there was more Easter eggs than we could count.
0: Holy cow. But there was a lot that happened in this one. Oh, and yeah. There
2: was a lot yeah. happening, and it was something else. I,
1: yeah. I wondered how yeah. Discovery could top them. I don't think they'll try, but how are they going to top them, their own? What are they going to do next episode?
2: Yeah. And from what I've heard, it five is going to be even more massive than the first four. So wow. it's, Okay. Yep. Let's get ready for a wild ride next week. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback, be it email or audio, to contact us at com.
1: Please review and rate us on iTunes. Good ratings and reviews. Help other fans of the show find us, as there are a lot of Star Trek Lower Deck podcasts out there. Tell your friends that I hope you like our podcast, and don't forget to check out the other Fangirl Zone podcast. But if you know me, you know what I'm thinking. Yep,
0: (laughs) I'm frightened. I'm just saying that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You should be. You know, this was TV 14, this episode. (laughs) I'm not sure I let that 14-year-old watch it either.
0: (laughs) Well, like the gentleman recently said go ahead and check out www.fangirlzone.com and all the other podcasts and our contacts page and maybe the Mudhorn Clan Cast because, you know, we have fun over there, too. But I am asking, I am imploring anybody who can stump these guys with Star Trek trivia to please send something to us at contact us at com because I want to see these two scratching their head and, like, really confused with what's going on.
1: Or at least pulling <laughs> on our <laughs> horn.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> or the- this episode of <laughs> the captain's chair.
1: See, I said it after all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The fifth, oh uh, fifth episode is on September 9th and it's titled, well, we don't know what it's titled, but I, I can think of one if they want. Yeah. So until no, then. Remember, no, no.
2: <laughs> Go remember. This is Chief Engineer Steve. These Mugatos, Mugutus, are endangered and their genitals are sensitive to phaser fire.
0: This is Sean Fangirl, uh, and they're making me crazy. I got nothing. <laughs> I had it and I lost it like that.
1: I just thought I I should have gone down and got a bicycle horn and squeezed it a few times so you can imagine what I was really doing. (laughs) But I'll I'll just leave this with this. Mmm, that's some tasty mugato dung.
0: Ugh.